Hey there, boss. This is Jeff Mendelson, host of the One Big Tip podcast. And I am so excited to announce my new Agents of Pod coaching program, where I teach you how to fast track your lead gen by having more conversations with your targeted clients, even if you have no list, audience, or paid ads. Head on over to agentsofpod.com hero, and let me show you how to be the superhero in your own business. I am also actively seeking guests for this podcast. If you know someone who is currently six figures or more in their business and they have an actionable, tangible, and measurable tip to share, please let them know about it. Just go to onebigtip.com slash guest for information on how to be a guest. I can't wait to hear from you. Let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. My name is Jeff Mendelson, and this is the One Big Tip Podcast. My guest today is my good friend, Tanya Alvarez. Tanya is the co-founder and CEO of Owners Up, a highly selective group of small business owners who helps B2B service-based business owners solve their biggest challenge in 11-minute each week meetings through facilitated peer groups and proprietary progress tracking software. She started her first business at the age of 25 and grew it into a profitable company from unsettled credit card debt to owning over $1 million in gross revenue within the first year. Since then, she has founded, bootstrapped, sold, and invested in several companies. She is currently on a mission to improve the success rate of small business owners. This mission is a source of developing a platform where owners team up and scale faster. So Tanya brings a really unique perspective to this whole idea of scaling up and making, you know, making things happen for your business. I'm really excited to finally have her on the show today after all this time. Tanya, thank you so much for joining me and welcome to the show. Thank you, Jeff. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, so this could be a lot of fun. So listen, so for the benefit of everyone else who does not know you very well, tell us a little bit about who you are and what makes you so amazing. So I would like to say that I am really like gung-ho and I want to teach other people how to defy the odds. And my big secret about defying the odds is always having a small group of people to actually kind of encourage you to move forward and root you and kind of be your cheerleaders and your champions that refuse to let you fail. So lately, I just had two little ones. So I have one that just turned one, a little my daughter, and then my son, who's going to be three years old. And they informed me that I had less than 7% chance of just having one kid, less than 7% chance. And this is through IVF process. And now I'm so fortunate that I have two, like I feel so lucky, like these two miracles. So it's a little bit about working together and having this like group of people. So when you're going through that roller coaster of life, entrepreneurship, everything that people are there to kind of like help you go back up as when you fall down. You know, what's really interesting about having kids, though, is that they really keep you grounded. Right. And they also give you this really incredible focus that, it, that it's like, oh, shit, I really better get it together now. Right. And that's like one of the biggest things for me that when I that when I was coming up as an entrepreneur, it was like one of my biggest uh, it was one of my biggest motivating factors, even though they can be annoying when you got to feed them, change their diapers and do all that other neat stuff. Right. <laughs> But you know what happens is that, you know, you start to manage around it, right? Because what's really interesting about all of our days is that you and I, everyone else, we all have the same 24 hours in a day, 
right? We all have the same exact amount of time. So how are you going to manage it? How are other people able to get so much more done or make so much more production or make so much more money than you can while you are trying to run a business, make sure your kids are fed, make sure your employees are trained and, you know, get all those priorities out the door. How do you compartmentalize all that? So I just heard recently that it's called the baby effect. I forgot who said it, but it was, I loved it. So the baby effect means you actually become really, really more productive because there's now, you didn't think you had time before. Now there's even less and less time to get things done. And then also there's something so much more important to work for, right? It's that legacy to make sure that they're taken care of, that they're taken care of like years and years from now. So it's called the baby effect. I don't know who said it, but I loved it. And it's really about, I would say, the question you had was like, how do you make sure you're focusing on the right things? It's prioritizing and really getting clear on what's important to you. You know, what's really interesting about what you said is that one of the things I've noticed is that when I'm in my office, right, and I don't have anything else going on in the day. So like I'll have my full schedule. If I know that I have like four hours free to go work on one or two projects, I will take those four hours to go do it. Right. And then when I travel. Oh, yeah. The travel right before vacation. You get everything done. You get everything done, right? So what happens is that my travel, it's like I rarely take a vacation. I mean, that vacation is just a scary word for me. So right now, my list of vacation spots is pretty much predicated on whether there's a WeWork office there, right? So let's start with that, right? So when I go to Sao Paulo, when I go to Tel Aviv, when I go to Japan or whatever, it's like, oh, there's, yeah, there's a place that I can duck into just in case if I need to go in there and do it, right? And then I find myself being able to, to get a lot of the things that I need done within this very small compressed space of time. Why? Because I want to get out and go experience more things, right? And I think a lot of people are like that. What I'm hearing is you need to take a vacation every two weeks. You would think, right? Yeah, I'm working on that. That's the- Yeah. <laughs> You know, what, uh, what's really interesting about it is that, you know, you and I have a lot of discussions about this, you know, about uh, about time management and compartmentalizing and, you know, really getting things done. But one of the interesting things that you talk about, and this part I find very fascinating, is how to remove bias when prioritizing goals and getting things done, right? First of all, I'd like for you to take a moment and just define what you mean by bias in this context. And second of all, let's just talk about how, you know, like how people can use that knowledge. Like once you're aware of the problem, right? That's step one. You're aware of the problem. Okay, great. Now, how do you fix it? How does that work? So bias is something that in this context of prioritizing, it's really seen like if I said, hey, what's your goals in the next three months? And let's say, you love systems, right? And most people love either uh, delivering their product or something along those lines. And you would probably have all your goals with maybe like uh, systems or anybody in that sense. So your default and what you're most comfortable in is systems. But when really, um, sometimes when you look at it, you tend to do those things that you prefer. Or there's a bias where you think that is the only way to achieve this goal that you have. So all your projects are based on what you know, and those are biased. And you're like, well, how other way, where is there another way to get there? So you're only doing what you know and what you're familiar with when there's so many other opportunities out there. So that's how I define it. It's something that 
A, you're comfortable and used to, so you end up doing it more, or two, you think that there's only one way of going about it because it's based on your experience, right? Okay. So what's interesting about that is that you're, you you know, now that you're coming up with, you know, like you have these goals and you want to make sure A, everyone wants to get them done, right? Now setting the priority, right? And, you know, for the sake of not sounding elementary here, right? We're not just talking about which one is going to make me more money sooner, right? We're not just talking about which, what, which kid I'm going to give love to first, right? There are lots of other things that, that can go into how, you know, you can make all of this happen, right? Let's walk through a little bit about one of the things that you do is that you help facilitate, you know, these peer groups that help entrepreneurs really sort of conceptualize this and just focus down and really get things done. Can you walk us through a little bit about how that works and how it helps people? Absolutely. So it is a three-step process. The first process is your values. And it's a weird one because like, if you ask me, what are my personal values? I would like, before, before I didn't do the work, I would say, oh, I think it's this. I think it's that. And when we think of a certain thing, what ends up happening is we make decisions that are not clear or doesn't prioritize us. And then we feel overwhelmed, exhausted. But if you actually start pursuing goals based on your values, your life actually is like seamless. It's easy. And most important part about your values is you're already making them. You just haven't declared them. So when I say, oh, I don't want to do this, I want to do that, that's a value. Like basically I'm saying, I prefer this, not that. You look at your calendar, it's like if you're all work, you're like, I value my work more than this. And it's a truth and it's a hard truth. So you, so first step is to actually define what your values are. Easy exercise is find out what lights you up, flows, do kind of like pictures of what you want And then you'll start seeing, like, if you're a visual person like me, if I start saying, oh, I like this, 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 you'll start seeing, oh, this is what I value. And you'll start seeing the pictures as a pattern. So for me right now, oh, the next, sorry. So the next thing is you have to rank your values. So for me, back to that, it's family and health was a big one. And so I had to rank what is more important. And I have to say, this was a crazy one for me. I ranked family before my own health because I had to really be very honest with myself. And I'm like, wow, I'd be willing to like die for my kids and I would do anything for them. So that means family, everything that's family, it's going to be important. So when I make decisions based on my goals or what I want to do, I look at all my values and say, okay, is this going to add or take away with my family time? And can I think of a more creative way of going about it? And there's some other ones in there. So for there's like, I have like five values and I make every one of my members get very clear on it. So they're able to make easy decisions and goals that move them. The second part of that is seeing it through. Oh, did you want to hop on that one? No, no, I I want to, I want to hear more about this. (laughs) Okay. The second part when we're dealing with business goals is going through the lens of capacity. Capacity is, when a business is how many like how many clients do you need where like you can't take on something else or how when each of your employees each of your teammates when are they at capacity and you need to know your capacity number and how you know is like can how many more clients can i take on and then the next one is sales what's your conversion right like what are your closing and your marketing do you have leads so based off of that let's say we had a member who um wanted to do more, their default was creating more systems. 
And that would be great. But I asked him, what's your pipeline? And they didn't have anything. So I was like, all your goals should be regarding marketing, not systems, right? And a lot of entrepreneurs have that. So getting very clear on those numbers, because numbers don't lie, right? We can all justify if we don't have the numbers, but if there's something in your pipeline, if you don't have enough leads, uh, if you're not converting, or if you're at capacity, like it'll tell you how to prioritize. Now, the third step is once you figure out, say you have to have all your goals on marketing, now I want you to really get clear and think about all the ways you can go about it. And then what you're going to be doing is having three different variables. One is how much effort is it going to take you? Is this going to be like a few hours? Is it going to be two weeks, two months, six months? And when you put six months, I want it to be like a one through five scale. And one would be six months and five would be a few hours right? The second thing would be impact. So what is the outcome? Is it going to be like, are you going to save a few hours or is this going to be like something that's going to like scale your time, scale your business, right? And then basically one would be a few leads and save hours and five would be double your months and like get you 40 hours back. And then you basically take that number and you start seeing which one you should focus on. And automatically the data will say, okay, well, these are the things that you have and you should be focusing on those for your return on investment in time. That was incredible, right? Because basically what you're talking about here is a full, is a full blown system for really figuring out, you know, the metrics behind each one of the things that you need to do right? They need to satisfy X, X, Y, and Z categories. I think one of the interesting things for me, you know, the big takeaways for me was that I used to build systems before I had a pipeline for it. Right. And I would go and just like, okay, I want to launch this new service. So what do I do? I go and I build the new service. doesn't matter. I don't have any clients for it yet. Right. And you're right. It's like so backwards because you're thinking like, well, if nobody's buying it, how do you even know that if it's correct? How do I, how do I know if the system that I'm putting together is going to resolve this pain point that I'm trying to resolve for someone else? And the fact of the matter is you do have to go back and validate that problem, you know, validate that someone will actually go and, you know, give you a credit card in order to make sure that this actually works for them. Right. Because once they give you the credit card, then it's real, right? Because everything before you're all in planning stage and it's all nice and I really want to put this new feature in and I want it to talk to Slack and I want it to do all this stuff and send a mailer. And it's like, who cares, right? Who cares? And the fact of the matter is, is that once you've collected money from a client, right? All those other problems are going to resolve. You can hire someone to do it, right? Even if you have to do it manually, even if you have to do it yourself and then hire someone to go do other things just to free up your time to go do that, it frees up a lot of things, but only when it's validated, right? Only when you're able to actually make that happen. So thank you so much for sharing that. Tanya, I wanted to pick on one more thing that, you know, that you talk about the, you know, just the idea of getting groups of business owners together, you know, into these focus groups, why do you feel that that dynamic works better than, say, for example, like a one-on-one coaching? Or how is it different from a one-to-many coaching program where people are just like, you know, being talked to, you know, in a one-to-many thing as opposed to a small cohort working together? I'm glad you asked me that because the last part about the goal prioritization was removing the bias. So now that you've ranked what's going to give you the best return on your time and, and your investment, the ROI, the next thing you want to do is ask your group of people so you can validate it and say, okay, 
is this like, is there a better way, let's say you put LinkedIn marketing, is there a better way or more faster way that anyone can share their experience or insights? So that even actually gets you to even make it faster the time that you're implementing it and gives you those results, right? So it's kind of removing, understanding where your resources are. And with 101, it's great, but sometimes what ends up happening is when you need a group, you exponentially grow, right? You're learning, it's like compound. So like all of a sudden someone's uh, trying out uh, LinkedIn, maybe someone else is trying another, another tactic or someone just hired their new like CFO and you're just gaining all those insights. So it's gonna be faster for you to implement or maybe you're discovering a new strategy. So I feel like with a group, not only do they help you actually remove bias, like, hey, you know, looks like you haven't tried this in marketing, but you keep always doing systems. That's a great way. Learning new ways. And then also like, there might be something where it's like, this is, this is a big one for entrepreneurs, kind of like letting go, feeling that you're the only one who has to do everything, right? And once you kind of let go and outsource and delegate, it is amazing. And you know it's going to be great for you, but you still hold on to certain things. But then when you see somebody else do it, oh, my God, then you're just like, if that person can do it, I've seen them. Look how, how they scale their business and look how free and happy they are. Then you start implementing. So I feel like it's a compounding effect when you're in a group. Thank you so much for sharing that. I really appreciate it. You know, that's right. You know, getting involved with groups, especially for people that work from home is probably one of the better things you can do for yourself, right? Because otherwise it's like, how else do you get out of your bubble? How else do you make things happen? You know, for yourself, get out there and network, get out there and just, you know, bounce ideas off of. There are only so many ways that you can bounce ideas off of other people without fear of being ridiculed or, or giving away business secrets, things like that. So Thank you so much for sharing that. Tanya, how can people learn more about you and how can they reach out to you directly if they want to learn more? Yeah, on LinkedIn, you can find me on Tanya Alvarez or go to ownersup or go to ownersup.com. And then Jeff, I'll share with you a link on the whole goal prioritization that you can share with your community. I love it. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's been a lot of fun and I really appreciate you taking the time to come out here and, and speak with the audience today. Thank you. It was so much fun. Thank you so much for listening to the One Big Tip podcast. If you're a six to eight figure entrepreneur, business coach, or speaker who would like to be on this show, we need to talk. The audience for this podcast is hungry for experts and professionals who want to share their knowledge with this world. So if you're ready to share your actionable and measurable one big tip, please go to onebigtip.com slash guest and let's get your story out there. I am also crazy excited to announce my new Agents of Pod coaching program. With this program, I show busy entrepreneurs the strategies that I use to have warm conversations with my dream clients, keep my calendar book solid, and consistently have potential clients at the ready, all anxiously waiting to speak with me every single week. Head on over to agentsofpod.com hero and let me show you how to be the superhero in your business today. Lastly, I have a huge ask for you. Could you please share this with your audience on social media? The stories and connections that I make on this podcast have helped thousands of people, sometimes in the most profound ways. 
And you never know if your small action today will be the one that kickstarts your friend, a family member, or even yourself into taking massive action and starting the next multi-million dollar business. It'll be your way of just paying it forward. My name is Jeff Mendelson. You can find me on all the major social channels like LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook. Thank you so much for listening.